Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's most prominent media, we'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Hello, everybody, and welcome uh, to another episode of the Ex- Experts Podcast. My name's Nick Hayes. I'm the Managing Director of Media Stable, and that lovely voice that you heard there in the promo <laughs> is Lana Hill. Hello, Lana. Hello, Nick Hayes. It's a little bit hard listening to your own voice that many times over, just saying. I'm just, I could listen to my own voice as, as long <laughs> as possible. I, 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 I don't think there's... Every day. I don't think, there, I don't think I'd have any qualms listening to my own voice. In fact, I'll probably listen to this podcast about 35 times. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't mind the sound of my own voice. Although many people don't. They don't like the sound of their own voice. I don't or mind Or don't mind it. your voice. Yeah, you don't mind my voice? <laughs> <laughs> who's, whose voice are we listening whose to in case? Whose voice was who's that? This? Well, she, she's a Texan and uh, she's got that... That Texan attitude. Uh, she's a social <laughs> media expert and she's the managing director of Coffee and Tea. It's Meg Coffee. Welcome uh, to the Experts Podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me. Well done. Uh, now, we have done one with you before and, and, and probably some people that have... Uh, I get around. ...have listened to the Experts <laughs> Podcast and will know that you have done a 10-minute version of this. But we wanted to bring you back because we wanted to dive a little deeper into what makes Meg Coffee tick and also to just with a, a social media's expert... As as a social media expert and how you use traditional media and work that. Because I think uh, we did dive 10 minutes into it last time. We've got 25 minutes to play around with here, Meg, and I think we're going to ask you all the hard questions because there's a lot of people out there that claim to be social media experts, Meg. Are mm, you seeing them out there? There's so many cowboys. It drives, it makes my skin crawl because there are there's so many people who claim to know the latest thing and they just don't. And so many other people are throwing good money after bad and getting horrible advice. And... It's it's that's part of my job is to make sure that we are giving the right advice. You know, I'd rather, you know, I, I do a lot of work with a lot of people and it's not about charging them. It's about making sure that they're getting the right advice because I don't want them to go down the path of, of doing something wrong. I come from a family of, of small business and so I know that every dollar is important and if you're going to outsource that or spend that, you want to make sure you're doing it right. Is it just recent that it, it, it is quite prolific that there seems to be a lot of social media experts out there or have you noticed it being in this space for a long time that, uh, that there always has been some heavy, heavy competition? Well, I think it's every industry. I mean, social media is the new real estate. A few years ago, everyone wanted to be a real estate agent because they could all make money. Social media is the new thing. Everyone thinks they can make money. And look, it's it's not hard. There's a couple of things everybody can figure out. You just have to be one step ahead of the customer. But what it is now is because there are people out there giving bad advice and I have to come in and clean up after that, it makes it that much harder to get a customer to believe me that this is going to work. When you say, look, it's going to take three months before you see any changes. Mm. And you have to pay me for those three months. But trust me, when those changes come, it'll be brilliant. 
and a lot of people have been burned and they don't they don't want to do that and I understand that it's, it's Lana it's for social media and, and as far as building brand um, it, it's such an important platform to get it right um, I'm amazed though Meg that you know so many people wouldn't invest in it or have invested in the wrong people you'd think you'd do your homework wouldn't you well yeah and I think there's a there's still a bit of a mentality out there that social media should be free or that business shouldn't have to pay to utilize it within their mm-hmm. business strategy and and that's crazy because it's not you might say it's easy Meg but it, it's not easy and I think to do it right you do need to invest with the people that know what they're doing and and have been doing it you know for a long time I mean anyone can put a post on Facebook anyone can put a photo on Instagram that's that's not hard but it's knowing the the where and the when and the how and and why we do the blue photo over the green photo or at morning or evening that's the stuff that that's what you're paying for is that strategy and that experience to to advise you um and also i think that we're moving kind of back to what you said a minute ago Nick, about there, there are so many people out there. I think as customers, we're moving more towards brands that are authentic and wanting to know who the brands are. Mm. So if you're out there with this social media strategy that doesn't make sense, there is no strategy. You're just sort of posting willy-nilly. People don't understand what you're about. All you're doing is selling, or maybe you're not selling at all, and you're not you're not telling your story, and therefore customers aren't going to want to engage with you because they don't know they don't know what they're getting. That's That strategy piece is so important, Meg, because, yes, we all know as people in business we've got to be on social media, but having a strategy and making it easier for your consumers to understand this is the story we're telling, um, it's so important, but so many people don't do it. Yeah, but do we, do we have to be on social media? Does every brand have to be on it? I mean, I, 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 to your point, Meg, I, I think I sometimes question as to why are you even there? I mean, you don't use it properly. <laughs> and also, too, the other side of it is, is that, it, you know, I, if if I see another ad on Facebook, I'm going to go bananas. I reckon I'm going to go bananas. (laughs) I think that there's a a case can be made for any business, any industry to be on social, but it's not, I'm not saying that you have to be on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and blah, 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 blah. blah. It's about, okay, so where is your audience? You know, where is it? You're not going to sell a Mack truck on Facebook. So why are you advertising? Why why are you yes. doing that? And to Mack trucks out there, please stop doing that. <laughs> um, you know, and and so this is again where the strategy comes in, and and that's what I call myself as a strategist because it's about looking at this and going, okay, so who's the audience on this platform? What is it that they want to hear? What's the type of content that they want to consume? Am I capable of providing that in many ways? You know, am I capable of making that? But also, is it something that my business, a conversation that my business needs to be in? Yep. No? Okay, well, let's let's give that one a pass. But maybe let's get on LinkedIn or maybe let's check out TikTok for, for that matter. You know, it's... um. I think TikTok's fascinating. Is the Washington Post getting any more subscriptions for being on that app? Mm. No. <laughs> Does everybody know who the Washington Post is? Oh. Does yes. everyone know what TikTok is? <laughs> there you go. So, okay, Boomer. Hey, <laughs> I, I'll throw that in already for you. You don't need to say it. So, Meg, talk to us a little bit. I mean, the first time I ever heard you on media, and, and I think it might have been a state election that you were commentating. You were asked to commentate on uh, politicians' performances on social. Yeah. Uh, is that the first time that's ever actually been done? Is that the first time actually social media had been recognised as a platform where politicians were trying to influence an electorate. Oh, I don't know about that, but I think probably it was one of the more... Because social media has been around for, for so long, I think it was one of the ones... I don't want to say it was an equaliser, but it was something new. It was something that 
hey, let's try this. I think a lot of the campaign directors um, were of an age that they were using social media or the people driving the campaign. Maybe the, the politicians themselves weren't on social, but the people driving the campaign were, and they saw the ability. I mean, look back to to Obama and what happened in 2008. That was the, I mean, social media was really only getting started, but what mm. Obama was able to do, and then again in 2012, to, to push the story. I think it was funny here for me, because at that point, I honestly didn't know the difference between a label, labor and liberal and who was blue <laughs> and who was red. And when they asked me to do that, I was like, do I need to know this stuff? Well, you just got to do the Republicans versus the Democrats. So, you know, the, <laughs> the, Your Republicans are more the liberals, the Democrats are more your labor. Yeah, but it was just it was just funny. And, and they go, no, no, it's actually probably better that you don't know that because yeah. then you're just voting. You're, and, I, and I'd preface everything that I said. I'm not here to talk about the politics. I'm here to talk about how they use social media. Yes. And um, it was fascinating to me because, I mean, the liberals, they just, they had no idea <laughs> what they were doing. There were a lot of boomers in there. I mean, but, but, it, but the people driving the campaign, and I just remember the daggy dancing and just, you know, and, and oh, labor, yes. and labor ended up, you know, smashing the election. But what they were doing on social was just they were ahead of it and they were talking to the people. And it, it therefore didn't surprise me when they won because they had reached more people. Yeah, and that is the power of social. You've just used a, an example, I guess, talking about um, Barack Obama obviously using social media in a wonderful way to connect with with a, an audience and also here in Australia. But then we look at Donald Trump, obviously, mm. who should not be allowed on Twitter. Um, what? Well, but hang on, you, you say that, but that's his platform. That's what he's doing. It's amazing what he does on yeah. Twitter. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't not, like him. I'm not. I'm not condoning I, and, and, it. And I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna actually. Yeah, neither am I. But I will say this. I mean, for a bloke that has flipped the the media system o- over, because no longer is it just what you will be told. He's trying to tell it how it is. I'm not saying what he's saying is Never good. Never before has the leader of the country been able to speak to the people. There's always been a filter. There's always been yeah. somebody that can control the message or stop the message or change the message. Very true. And but he doesn't have that, good or bad. Like, it, we're all going to die, but, you know. But so. my, my, my perspective on that is that it's damaging to him. And, you know, for those of us that aren't Trumpy fans, I see what he's doing on Twitter and think, oh. I didn't like you before and I like you even less now. And, and it, I think that's the power of social and media. And also mm. incredibly dangerous. Because <laughs> so dangerous. We're all going to die. Like, yeah. the world is going to come to <laughs> an diplo- end because of a tweet. The diplomacy that he puts out, there is a lack of it. Yeah. And also, too, and because he has no filter, and I suppose at the end of the day, this is a great segue into a question there that I am a big believer in around traditional media versus social media is that traditional media does have filters. It does have the four pillars of journalism. It does have a presence there that you can, well, far more, the trust factor seems to be there as opposed to what's going on in social. So as a social commentator in traditional media, Meg, how do you you deal with that? Because people will be throwing stones at social media all the time. Yeah. Well, I think... There's a lot of questions in that thing that you just asked me in that statement. Um, Take all the time you like. It's, <laughs> breaking that down. Um, okay, so straight up I agree with you. Traditional media I think is a lot more respectable because it does have the the rules and the regulations. And I think that's what we're finding with the ACCC at the moment is trying to bring in those rules and regulations for journalism – or sorry, for social media – uh, defining what makes a publisher, what isn't a publisher. Mm. This social media, this thing, this technology has moved so fast, the law simply hasn't caught up, and now it's trying. So I think 
I think there's that part A to answer your question. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> well, it wasn't all question. It was a part, part statement. statement as well. <laughs> yeah. Nikkei's question. Um, so I think, <laughs> yes, I agree. There is, there is a respect that traditional media has that social media doesn't. I think social media can get that respect if it cleans itself up. I think that's what the platforms are trying to do now, identify what is fake news, what isn't fake news, things like that. They're not doing it very well, though, are they, Meg? No, they're not. Um, no, they're not. And then what? Uh, something about me being a commentator on traditional media. So as a I, commentator for, yeah. tradi- for, for social media, around traditional media, you, you, I know that you get challenged quite often as to the relevancy and, and whether social media still has a place and what we're doing. I mean... You you de- you deliver it beautifully, and yeah. I and I'll throw this other thing in there is that I love your Texan accent. It gives <laughs> such great authority to whatever you talk really about does. for social media. I mean, <laughs> I'm thinking if I ever wanted to be a social media commentator, I've got to go live in the United States for maybe ten, twelve years. But you know, as a commentator in traditional media, do you cop flack? Or do you cop any... Uh, oh, I mean, yeah, I get people that tell me all the time that what I do isn't legitimate. Oh, my my nephew could do that. And I'm like, that's cool. Your nephew probably could. But that's you the know? problem, isn't it? But the th- Yeah, but this is the thing. And, and I, you see the meme everywhere. It's you're not paying me for the hour right now. You're paying me for the 30 years of experience. Not yeah. that I have 30 years of experience. I have like two. I'm very young. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's you're not... That's, that's why lawyers charge what they cost or people, you know, because it's... It's all that expertise that you're bringing to that hour. And that's really hard sometimes to work with businesses and explain to them that I'm going to have an impact. It's going to be a long-term impact. But I am, and I can be effective. And if we do this strategically, if we do this correctly, Bob's your uncle, yeah, as I, you guys say. Bob's your <laughs> uncle. I, I think what you're saying there is, is is crucial because, I mean, even that perception that your 14-year-old nephew could be doing it, it seems to be almost that a lot of brands and a lot of businesses are leaving it to the youngest members of their staff and, and, and are basically holding the steering wheel to something there that is far bigger and far greater than, that, than what they shouldn't have control of, Lana. Well, yeah, well, and I hang out for your um, SM Perth uh, reports, Meg. And that's one of the ways I think, Meg, not only are you bringing credibility to what you do, but you're bringing credibility to the industry and to other good operators out there. The statistics of social media cannot be ignored. And I I love a good statistic. And I genuinely, as soon as I get the email (laughs) from from you, I think I can't wait to sink my teeth into some of this. Does that help you with some of these, uh, you know, customers or, or potential clients that don't see it as relevant important yes I think for me I'm on the pulse of it and 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 it's interesting because I sell myself in in very different ways you know I've got I've got coffee and tea which is my agency that focuses on tourism and hospitality I've got SM Perth which is not I mean I guess it is for profit but it's kind of run in that we have no agenda we're just here to be the voice of the industry yeah um there's no commercialness to sm perth and then we've got the the state of social conference which is australia's leading digital marketing and social media conference so i think when when you look at me as an individual i have credibility because i am doing those three things i'm i'm leading the the charge and i'm doing it in a non-commercial way. I'm doing it because about it's what's best for industry. Because you guys being better makes me better, mm. which means that I can justify my costs, higher costs to the client because I want to do bigger and better things because we're showing what we can do. Yep. We'll, do- we'll dive deep into the programs that you've got on you know, in a moment, but I, I, I want to find out from you your experiences with media, mm. with television, with radio, with newspaper, with online. 
Um, which which media is it that you enjoy the most? Um, it, anything where I can talk. <laughs> <laughs> so the experts like our friend Nick Hay. Nick Hayes, I too can talk. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I make many mistakes while I'm talking, but um, no, but do you enjoy the, the 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 ability to to break down and and analyze and go over a, a yeah. topic and get a bit more time? Because I think television, obviously, is that medium that you do appear on quite regularly. You, mm. you're, you're well known and on on morning television and. And also into afternoons as well, and and definitely a, you're great for a 15 second grab on a on a nightly news. But is it is it that longer form piece that you're looking for? Um, it depends. It depends. Uh, sometimes I'm like I'm a producer's dream sometimes because I'm like, what's the grab you want? And then I'll try and come up with like, what is it you're looking for? Like for um, today tonight, I used to try and give them all the like the really punchy things that yeah. I knew would help <laughs> like lead the story because it's to my benefit as well. I then am of leading course. the story. So it, it, it depends. I don't mind those fun ones because I like to be a little bit controversial sometimes, say things that make you think. It's a really good one, isn't it, Lana? Because you can ask the producer straight up and say, you know, you know, what do you want from this piece? What do you want from me? And because a lot of people and a lot of experts, a lot of commentators will be sitting there going, oh, no, no, I wouldn't dare ask that because, you know, my credibility and my authority would be questioned or whatever. But as far as media goes, they need sound bites. They need bits and pieces. Well, I think, yeah, Meg, you've got a fantastic understanding of the media and you make yourself really easy to work with and that's why you know they want to get you back they know you're going to give them that that grab mm. um you know and that, and that wonderful accent <laughs> and you know that's why they keep coming back to you yeah I am um, I probably smile a bit too much but I'm just happy and excited on TV <laughs> you, have, you have got a you have got a Can big you smile too smile? much? <laughs> I don't know. Nick, Nick has said I need to work on my smiling. I'm like, what is wrong with smile? It's better than like sitting there with like resting, you know, uh, looking horrible. You're allowed to say it, resting bitch face. And, 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 and no, look, but men and women do it on TV. Um, it's it's something that, you know, and yeah. I, I think that your smile is gorgeous, Meg, and it's good to see people smiling on TV. Sometimes you can overdo it and sometimes you can underdo it. Yeah. But, I mean, but are you conscious of that? Is, it, is the television um, medium something that you enjoy because it, it does give you that visual. It does give you a little bit more relatability to an audience. Yeah. So I think, so kind of back to what you said about where I kind of started. When I first started doing radio, I would, started doing media, I did a lot of radio and yep. I would do a lot of call-ins. Yeah. So I became extremely comfortable because I'm doing them from my couch or I'm doing them from my car. Like, do you know what I mean? It's It just became this natural thing i can pick up and do a radio phone Meg, i've done one in my undies in my in in my living room i've done it in my undies and it's like god i can't believe i'm saying this out loud but you know we don't talk about these things now. Don't, don't visualize it but at the end you know you're right if you're doing a phone in you can yeah. be wearing anything so it made me very comfortable and then when i started doing tv i would do them in the um what you know like what they called the toss room or whatever so you're in a big black room all by yourself you're not on TV, air quotes. Um, so it became very comfortable for me because, again, it wasn't there wasn't the pressure. And then I remember the first time I actually had to sit at the desk. And you do, you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm on TV. Like, this is, <laughs> I better smile. You know, which angle are they coming from? Um, but I wasn't as nervous because I'd had all that, that buildup. I think if I had been an untested and they just throw me on the desk, I would have been like, Whoa. 
whatever. Yeah. You know, um, but I remember when we did, I, I was really lucky and I got to do a cross on the project, sit at the desk and do something. And I was so, I'd had a couple drinks. Maybe that's why I was so casual. I think I know because I had a few drinks with you before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but they were just like, that was so easy for you. And I'm like, oh, I've done this a million times. And not in a cocky way. Yeah. But I just think with, with media, I think the more that you do it, the more that you're exposed to it, um, the less stress you put on yourself, yeah. the better it's going to be. It's practice makes perfect, Lana, isn't it? I mean, ultimately, you've, you've got to train yourself to, to, to get better. You want to do better. And I see that in you, Meg, that you, you do want to get better. But, um, you know, what other, what other things can we do, Lana? What can we do to, to improve our performances? Because you've been in front of the TV screen. Well, that was almost your first media engagement. It was, yeah. Actually, live TV was the first media I'd ever done. Um, oh wow! Which was just one of those things where you say yes to, and you work out later. You know, it's sort of you process the nerves of it at a later date because you just have to force yourself into doing it. But I think one of the things that Meg does really well, and that experts that get asked back to the media do do well is not being afraid to have an opinion. And you mentioned the word controversial before, and that's yeah. one of my questions for you today, Meg. I love that about you. Uh, a lot of people, even if they are regular commentators, they're scared to take, you know, a bit of a controversial line or something. Tell me about your experience in being opinionated in the media and, and as a business owner as well. Look, it comes down to confidence. Look, sometimes it's false confidence. I'm, I don't feel as good as my I might be projecting. Um, but I think you, if you want to make a difference in life, you have to have an opinion. And that's okay if you don't. Like, we need Chiefs and Indians. That, that's, that's cool. But I want to make a difference. And so I'm not going to get by just kind of going, yep, yep, okay, whatever you say. So yeah. I also own the fact that you might not like me. And I'm okay with that. Oh, I love that. You know? <laughs> I sincerely love that. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I get that. But you don't have to like me. We just have to work together. Or, yeah. you know, we... I'm not saying anything mean. I'm not saying anything malicious. I'm just telling you how I feel. I pick you up. I pick you up a couple of times on social media now and then. You wear you definitely wear your heart on your sleeve. Yeah. Without any doubt. And you, yeah. you, you tell it how it is. Mm. And I think in, and to your point, Lana, I think that's why media really does enjoy engaging you is because you do. Uh, and it's a great message to everyone that's listening is, you know, be, bring yourself into every single media engagement that you're, oh, yeah. you're involved in because, you know, you don't want to be a robot and you don't want to sit on the fence. But you do, you do put your heart on your sleeve quite yeah. a bit and you do get picked up for it a bit at, at times. But I love the fact you just said, you know what, you, you don't have to like me. You just have to work with me. Yeah, and that's taken me years to get to. Do you know what yeah. I mean? That, that, that is a confidence that I think that you just, you, you need to be comfortable in your own skin. And I'm also at a point in my career where it's not detrimental. I own the business. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I can't get fired for my opinion. <laughs> I can get, you know, cancelled, air quotes, or whatever. But I think, I think exactly as you said, Nick, people know when they're dealing with me that they're going to get exactly... I'm not bullshitting. I'm not trying to pull one over on them. I'm not a, one person on social and a different person when we're doing business. I tell you how it is, and sometimes... I do say things like, look, I know I know where my bread is buttered. I'm not going to say certain things online. I do hold back. But I also 
will say things because it's they need to be said. Well, I don't think Channel 7 will be knocking on your door very quickly oh, soon. Look, I just wanted to watch the Oscars. <laughs> I wasn't telling them that they were horrible. I just said that they shouldn't have delayed things for the West Coast. This is a big thing for but me you, though. But you got a lot of you got a lot of feedback oh, yeah. on that. And that's and that is and, and and for someone who who may or may not have a lot of influence, you've got that influence. Yeah. And you can when you put something out there, you get feedback back. And I think that's mm. part of what media does to reinforce your influence, reinforce your authority in your particular space. Because, you know, if we're not talking to you, then which other expert are we talking to, yeah. that being the media? You're obviously talking to me. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like as much as I am a, a proud Texan, I'm also a proud West Australian. Mm. And I stand up for us all the time and go, that's not fair. Or, you know, it's not cool that you're – the time delaying us just because we're in the West Coast. Give us what the rest of the country has. I think people, and I've just come back from a trip to Sydney and Melbourne, I think people, they freaking underestimate West Australians and they underestimate how awesome we are. Yes. And yes, it is a three-hour time change and I've had more jet lag than I have from when I'm going to the U.S. Mm. But like, our coffee is better than Melbourne's. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know? You're going to the wrong places, mate. You're going to the wrong places. But it's just, our, the people and the talent that we have in WA, for me, have plane will travel. Like, it doesn't matter that I'm in WA. The stuff that we're doing here is is bigger, is better, is more innovative. It is it is smarter um, because we have to be. You know, no one, no one wants to uh, give us a chance. Well, I think one of the best examples of that, Meg, is State of Social. And that that conference, is that what we call it? A conference yeah. event? Yep. That was one of the best things I've ever been to in Australia, let alone here in Perth. And I don't think Perth has really seen the scope of an event like that. And I know we talked a little while ago about what do you do next to make it bigger and better. Mm. You know, do you feel that pressure to keep adding all of that extra value and do something that hasn't been done? Yeah. Yes, yes, 100%. Look, I go to a lot of events. I go to events to learn. I genuinely want to learn. But I also go to a lot of events just to see how they do them. Because even though I tell people I don't do events, I kind of do. Um, like you definitely Mate, you, do you events. Run, you run Australia's <laughs> biggest one, uh, yeah. social media conference. You've also got Social Media Perth, which is a monthly gathering of around, you know, 110, 120-odd uh, uh, people that operate in the in the digital and And has uh, been going for a long time. Six and a half years. Six yeah. and a half years. So you can't say you're not an event manager because no. you pretty much are in many ways. Yeah, no, I am. Look, state, <laughs> I am, I am. State of Social is my goal now. So when I started it, it was a one-off. And then we had a fire alarm and so I was like, all right, I'll do it again. Um, now my goal is to make it one of three global conferences that you go to if you're in our industry, that you go to Social Media Marketing World in um, San Diego, that you go to Content World, which is in Cleveland, and you come to State of Social, which is in Perth. That's awesome. Yeah, and I don't see why we can't do that. I can't see why we can't achieve that. Um, we're on the right track. I, it's it's about providing value for money for the customers. It's not about lining my pockets. Yes, I would like to make some money. That's not why I'm doing it. Mm. It's because I'm so sick of going to horrible events <laughs> that have no food, have no atmosphere, that I've had to pay for a plane ticket, I've had to pay for accommodation, I had to put time out of office into to learn something that I could have Googled or that I 
could have called you and said, hey, let's have a coffee and learn the exact same amount of information. I love it. I love it. Um, you know, without any doubt, it is one of the best events uh, in the country. What would you just give it a quick plug there, Meg? It's when, when is it and, uh, and how much? Yep, 23rd and 24th of June at Optus Stadium. The most that you will pay for tickets is $935. And that is for two days of learning from people that so you... So it's two days now. Oh, yeah, kind of expanded. Wow. <laughs> I remember just rocking up for the day. I've got to go for two days now. Yeah, but I've got at least five international speakers coming in, and there are people that you don't hear in Australia, much less here in Perth. Yeah. So it's incredible. Um, 23rd, 24th of June at Optus Stadium. You can find out more at stateofsocial.com.au. Well done. It's it. A, it is an, an amazing event, and, and Lana, you both you and I have uh, been there and, yes. uh, and have enjoyed it, and I think that uh, people get a lot from it. Um, it's uh, it's amazing. Hey, uh, it's come to the end of our uh, podcast. We need to ask you a quick question here, Meg. If there's a piece of advice you could give to someone that's up and coming, what would that be? Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. <laughs> no, that that's, I mean, but that's it. Just say yes. Figure it out later. I mean, yeah. it's like it's like Lana said. You know, when you did TV for the first time, you said, "Yep, of course I can do that." Yeah. I don't know how, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> I, I'm going to hashtag that. Say yes. There you go. We've got a hashtag for this one. It's yeah. A beauty. Be like Meg. Say yes. Be like Meg. <laughs> Say yes. Well done, Meg Coffee. It's um, now you, you do put on an amazing uh, event, and not or I should say events, uh, being that the monthly social media Perth. If you're from interstate, make sure that uh, you do check out uh, Meg's social media Perth. Come and meet some uh, West Australian uh, act, active members of the digital and uh, communications world. Well, that closes us for another experts podcast. Another amazing one to uh, to throw into. Uh, to the uh, the series and Lana, well done to you. You've, uh, you've thank you, Nick Hayes. You're nailing well this done to you. Jeepers, yeah, loving it, loving it, yeah. loving asking the questions. Oh, it's wonderful stuff. And I can tell you, we will we'll, we'll come back with another expert to have a chat to and find out what makes them tick and how they go away and do it. If you'd like to find out a little bit more, mediastable.com.au. But we look forward to having you back next week. You have been listening to the Experts Podcast, powered by Media Stable. To get in touch with the team, head to the Media Stable website, mediastable.com.au.